Okay, round two. Okay, here we go. Matchup number one between MXPX and Face to Face. Honestly, if you had if you had asked me for the money earlier, would MXPX make the final four? I would have said, yeah, five to one. They're making the final four. But this is for the Elite Eight, and uh, we're gonna get we're getting a little bit of revenge of the fans here. So it's MXPX Chick Magnet. Oh no! Yeah, I know. Up against face to faces, a okay from Big Choice. So we'll see. I don't. It's not a foregone conclusion. Here's Chick Magnet. Tell me a little bit about that song, Ben. I want to hear you talk about Chick Magnet. It's just like a pure anomaly in their catalog. That's not what they sound like. It's like their ode to Jerry Lee Lewis or something. I don't, it's it's like it's I can't hear it and not see the music video. I can't hear it and not almost cringe a little. Which is kind of when I when I then step back like one more step. It's like the production value is good. It's kind of fun. He's. My career is a a good bass player, and it's got a fun bass line. Yeah, you know it's clever in its own way lyrically, but I don't know, man. What a what a terrible representation of their sound. Well, Bad Religion got knocked out in the first round by Slick Shoes, so the fans can strike. And it was like, yeah, that was number two. Like I, I had to put it there. So here is Face to Face Blind, their number two song on Apple Music. And just for reference. <laughs> okay. That's, <laughs> I'm not trying to stack the deck here. Uh, ben, what do you think? Oh, man. It's a tough I'm a father, one. I'm, I'm a father to two beautiful children. I don't feel like I can see my four-year-old walk down the stairs tomorrow and look him in the face and say that I that I put chick magnet on oh, <laughs> that face track. It's like, okay, I've got to go face to face. Yeah. It's just a better wow. song. It really is a better that's song. That's pure, like, that's like, that's like, you know, they've probably released like 300 songs and that's like the 231st song I would have chosen to like play. For Face to Face or for, oh, for, for MXPX. MXPX. Yeah. Yeah. But Blind is also not even, it's probably not even a top 10 Face to Face song for me, but it is still like a better song than Chick Magnet. Gosh. Like, you know? Well, now we gotta, I mean, we gotta spend a minute with MXPX. MXPX yes, is, is easily one of my two favorite punk bands of all time. Like in the grant, and if you take everything into account, I just have like, yeah, per my anecdote from the top of the show, I mean, they were the band that got me into punk and yeah. life in general is amazing album. Now, let me let me make the case for Chick Magnet here. You could argue that, like, it took enough of what they were doing and it packaged it in this completely, like, 
equally friendly to women as as male listeners package, like radio friendly package made it novelty, but it definitely still sounds like them. I mean, this is not really an argument for the song as we hear it today, but that might be the case for it is that it kind of paved the way for them to do what they were going to do and be able to do it for longer at a higher level. And in that sense, I'm grateful for Chick Magnet, but I would never listen to it. Yeah. If I would never listen to it, it probably can't go on, right? That's that's a pretty good disqualification. I'm glad that it's not my decision uh, as to whether you're now in a strange uh, metaphysical conundrum going to veto yourself. I'm not going to, no. I'm not going to. All right. Interesting interesting sidebar here. You just made a comment that I didn't, that was surprising to me. What, What do you mean when you say like, tried to package it for women. I, I knew a lot of, I knew a lot of girls and women who were like just into the same kind of punk I was. Did you not? I feel like there are, and this may not be true of the, this particular genre of punk, but generally speaking, there's like a trope of like, Oh, this is the girlfriend. This is the song that they include <laughs> for the guy's girlfriend who comes to the show with him. Hmm. That's like, whether that's accurate or not, whether that's retrograde, I mean, uh, but that's always been a, like a trope. And I just think of like, if there is a song from life in general, that is the, if such a song exists, it's chick magnet, put it that way. So maybe that's not true that like, maybe it was roughly 50, 50. My experience would be like maybe more 70, 30 guys, 65, 35 guys, at least, um, yeah. if not more. Yeah, that's just what I mean. It's it's the jumper off of Third Eye Blind, Third Eye Blind. <laughs> you know, it's the acoustic lead kind of oh, like, man. you know, I don't know. that. I never wrote songs. Like when I wrote songs, I didn't think of that category, but I'm familiar with it from a listening standpoint. So maybe Mike didn't think of it that way either. There's almost too much to say about MXPX to really bother saying that much in this kind of a context. I just had. Yeah. An amazing relationship. They really, it's like, I think this was actually only, if you discount the, the, it was a short covers album. I think it was only eight songs that record yeah. I referenced before, but in terms of studio records, I think this was only their third record, poking at your teenage politics and then life in general and life in general. And then the next record slowly going the way of the Buffalo were both just huge. Yeah. Himalayan, oh, yeah. uh, K2 Everest yeah. records of my nineties yeah. punk experience. And they were, they're, they're like a band that's like really interesting in terms of like the iconography or sort of like the, the disproportionate, the, the space basically that Mike Herrera, the lead singer takes up relative to the other two dudes in the band. Like yeah. Yuri is interesting. He's a great drummer and a total yeah. kind of a doofus, almost seeming kind of a guy who like wasn't cool and just wore like whatever street clothes and was clearly the like artistic rhythmic guy who was executing Mike's vision much more than Tom Wisniewski, the the guitarist. Yeah. But yeah. Tom was like almost like a cipher, a punk cipher. He was just like playing power chords, had lots of tattoos, didn't yeah. say anything on stage. I, he was just the ultimate like right hand man. Yeah, you could. <laughs> and you then could Mike, see yourself it was basically as like Tom. the Mike Herrera yeah. show, and he yeah. was just like so sexy and so cool and just so incredible stage presence. Yeah, perfect effortless banter between songs, and a lot of like really great pop songs not like amazing grammy winning songs but like he could put mm. a you know a two and a half minute punk song together that's that's a beautiful ode i've been comparing mxpx and five iron a lot because they have toured together a few times yeah and i saw them together and 
that's uh, I think I've seen MXPX since, but that's the last time I saw Five Iron. And the the contrast from Five Iron into MXPX was like almost embarrassing. Like the level of songwriting and lyric craft and like meaning, you know, to go from like these like anti-native genocide songs to like responsibility. What's that? Like it was jarring and it kind of I faded MXPX for a while after that show. But with time, they've come back in and sort of taken their spot for doing what they do so well. And it's really interesting to me, like I don't understand why the songwriting got like so simple and straightforward. Yeah. Like you, it makes sense that for two or three records while they were trying to have radio hits that they would have flirted with that. It doesn't make sense to me that why they wouldn't go back to the kind of wordy frenetic nature of life in general. Like why not do that? Like why do their latest self-titled where it's like just as simplified as you could possibly do MXPX it feels like. So that's interesting. I don't know why that is. I'd love to ask Mike about that. I'm I don't not going to compare Mike. I'm not going to compare answer. Mike to uh to Rivers Cuomo, but like that's always been like the same kind of a dynamic where you're like yeah, you have interesting. this tool set and then you're just churning out these like bizarrely formulaic you like you listen to the green album by weezer and you're like what is going on like yeah. this is the yeah. guy who wrote pinkerton uh-huh um last it's album not- it's the guy who wrote pinkerton yeah yeah that's so interesting yeah because there is that there is that songwriting through line for weezer where you do recognize it as them when it's the green album because they always they always were doing that especially on the blue album they were doing that but it's like taking out everything that made them quirky and unique right that like would be even more clear on Pinkerton and stripping all that away back to oh it's just Buddy Holly again like without the winking just like straight ahead version of that and will all 10 tracks has a guitar solo of the verse melody exactly yeah all it's it's, 10. A, it's a pure formula right yeah it's 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 bizarre it's unbelievable. Well, farewell, MXPX. Farewell, we, we love MXPX, you aka so Magnified Blood. The offspring, the offspring are now facing off against Slick Shoes. Okay, Here I is, mean, anything can happen at this point, dude. We could have a Cinderella story. We could. Self Esteem by The Offspring. His voice today is is harder to listen to. It was like of the time then, but it's grating. Like that was that was a little tough. That last pre-chorus or whatever it was. Are, are you referring to way? Oh, <laughs> 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 the chorus oh, yeah. goes way oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah way oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, there is still a chorus, but I was like, I, I can't listen to Dexter Holland's voice anymore. Okay. <laughs> Here is last from Slick Shoes Rusty. And this was a little editorial. The fans, the listeners didn't quite have this as high as it should be, but that's okay. She holds his hand and says, oh, she knows now. 
Are we going to do it, Ben? Are we going to say we that are. a Slick Shoes song beats we out a, the biggest single, number one on alternative, number 10 on mainstream rock, and then self-esteem is four on alternative, but seven on mainstream rock. So those are pretty close. So are we going to say that <laughs> one of the main singles <laughs> from an album that has sold 11 million copies worldwide is defeated by Jackson and Ryan and oh, Joe and uh, Jeremiah. Whatever the player's name was. Jeremiah. Yes, Jeremiah. That they are really going to take down self-esteem by offspring? What are you going to say, Ben? Well, I'd just like to say that I think Dale Yob was in the band. For no, that's true. Dale Yob was in there, on, but not on this record. On <laughs> not Burnout. on this album. No. On Burnout. Uh, oh, man. So basically, you're telling me you want to be sober about what we're about to do. I, so I'm, Exercise sober know, judgment. I, no, I think you should decide, and I will decide whether or not I'm going to veto. Okay. I haven't had to okay, veto fair, yet. fair, fair. I mean, between these two songs, The Offspring were a band that just like, I went to a public high school in Santa Cruz, California, Harbor yeah. High School, home of the Pirates. We would like leave, you know, for lunch uh, and go yeah. to Taco Bell or whatever. And like these, I never owned a single Offspring record, but I know that song by heart because it's like they just existed. They yeah. didn't even exist in the background. It wasn't the radio. It was like in the air you breathed or whatever. Yeah. It was like, oh, The Offspring. <laughs> you hear that? Oh, 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 The Offspring. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but push comes to shove, like those two songs, like I got no compunction. I'm going slick shoes. Fuck. Yeah, dude. I love you for it. I'm not going to veto you next up. I don't, I don't have anything else to say about the offspring. They're massive. I more like respect them than want to listen to his voice. I think it's, yeah, it's doing a very particular thing that I'm usually not in the market for. All right. Blink the, the only thing I'll say oh, about the offspring yeah. beyond what I've said is like, it's like to, to the point that you just made or just to the, to the point that I made and then the statistics that you cited, it's like, it's just that classic example of like, you listen to that song and you're like, how, like, how did they sell 11 yeah. million albums and become that big? It feels like we were still, we were at the dying end of some kind of like media iteration where like somebody could just, just somehow miraculously like fall down a hillside and simply by virtue of inertia, like become a snowball that was like big enough to just carry them onto the yeah. radio. And like, it's like, it wasn't by virtue of being like an amazing band. I mean, come out and play is a pretty great song. Yeah. It's a good song, but it's like a punk version of the beastie boys. It's like they're well, but that's, I mean, that's why. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's maybe the answer. That's, maybe I've gotten it right there. They're like a punk yeah. version of the beastie boys. Yeah. People are in the, People are in the market for that, for sure. All right, Blink-182 versus AFI. Here's oh, Damn It. Oh, this is going to be a straight knife fight. There is there is a power to that song. There's something really interesting going on there. Okay, here's AFI Malleus Maleficarum. Where did it all get the bird? 
cool song. Uh, what do you think? I think AFI. Pull on my first veto, my man. There it goes. I, I do. Knew, I knew you would launch at that point. Did you think so? Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm pulling it. Wow. Here's why. It's a good song. AFI does something very specific. They really find it on the you know their first major label record, um, Art of Drowning, which I think is just masterful. And Blink-182 have not found it yet either on Damn It, but there is something about coming out of that chorus back into the riff. I don't know if it's partly it's how non-expert they're playing it, that like it's just got this propulsion to it that feels like it just like put me in a mall in high school. <laughs> and the AFI song doesn't do that exactly. Like I like it, but it's, it's I don't know. The, the I, I dramatics, be, the theatrics uh, aren't hitting me right now. I don't want to be at Cinnabon right now on my way to Pacific Sunwear. Like I, okay. Okay. Yeah. But I enjoyed that. that That's an example of like a a song that does not encapsulate the best of what Blink-182 can accomplish. No, I will get back to that, but all right. Well, I mean, Malleus Maleficarum is the name of that song. Uh, The name of that album AFI, which stands for Fire Inside, uh, is Black Sails in the Sunset. I mean, one of the most ominous, epic, it's so great. Raise Your Metal so Horns album great. titles. Malice Maleficarum, uh, typically translated Hammer of the Witches, which is like one of the most <laughs> famous, one of the most famous treatises in history on witchcraft. I mean, they were just doing something that was like so so sort of theatrically transgressive. Yeah. yeah. They were like, yeah. we are like a, we're not like a satanic flirting band yeah. quite in the way that like, you know, Danzig is or something. We're like, we're not, but really it's not far channeling off. paganism, but we're like, we want you to, your mom to think we are. And we're exactly. like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the fucking perfect way to say it. Yes. We want just enough that your parents think you're into witchcraft. Just enough that your parent, like, you know, 30% of potential ticket buyers, parents will ban them, which will make yeah. it just that much more like just frothingly yeah. cool for the kids who actually get into the show. I uh-huh. The only time I ever saw them live was at this place aptly called the Haunted Ventura Theater in Ventura, Southern California. And they've just put on an incredible show. Davey Havoc was always oh yeah, ran around the stage like a possessed bat. He was like part punk singer, part uh, Brandon Lee's The Crow, part Batman. Yeah. And they were just – they weren't even like a band that couldn't pull it off on record, but like they were – they were, you know, sort of in their full incarnation when you saw them live. Great band. Uh, we did Warp Tour with them. So they're going to come back, I think, if we do a Warp Tour 06 bracket episode. Joe and I are definitely doing 04. Um, Joe from Sherwood. And uh, so I'll get to talk about AFI some more there. I, I do love them. Uh, they got, I gave them an award on an episode that you haven't heard yet, Ben, for like just coming out of the gate fucking throwing shit award. I didn't have a good name for it, <laughs> you know, so we'll, you mean like coming on the stage, just hurling water no, bottles or something? No, no. Like the song, the energy of the song oh, just yeah. comes barreling out. Like they did that better than almost anybody. All right. Well, we'll miss you well, guys. The, AFI. One other thing too, he yeah. has, and it's, and it's like changed. He's lost it or something, or he just doesn't, they don't do that kind of song anymore. He doesn't channel it, but like the first like four or five albums, cause they were, they'd been around for a while yeah. and they had like this whole yeah. intense, like Gilman Berkeley street yeah. cred before they put out that album. But his voice is like, it's kind of otherworldly. It's incredibly high range that he sings yeah. at. 
and it's strange and deeply affecting. Yeah. And I mean, we should just say, I've referenced Danzig. That dude clearly just like worshipped Glenn Danzig. The Misfits yeah. and yeah. Danzig were like their biggest influence. Yeah. Oh. Enough said. So good. Rest in peace. All right. Rest in peace, AFI. No use for a name, V Lagwagon. Ooh, Here is... Wow. Lagwagon the, snuck through by the hair on their chinny yeah, chin. Yeah, and now they're round. gonna and now they're gonna clobber nice for name. Here's Justified Black Eye. That song, that song kind of rips. Yeah. That was that was getting me pretty good. Unfortunately, it's up against May 16th by Lagwagon. Well, Ben, what say you? Well, lag wagon, no question. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I was, I would say I was pleasantly surprised by how much I was enjoying that No Use for a Name song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really they everything about it. They didn't get embarrassed in this matchup. No, they didn't get embarrassed. It wasn't an embarrassing defeat. Um, anything you want to say about No Use for a Name? Um, about more betterness? That's a great, that's a great album. I really liked it. I actually... It was like one of the few albums I, I bought, like contemporary albums I bought on vinyl in high school. And uh, I remember listening to it a lot in my room upstairs in our house. Uh, there's a there's a, uh, a cover of the Pogues song, Fairytale of New York, on that album. That's yeah, really it's great. Good. Yeah. Um, the only thing the only thing I'd say, I didn't listen to a whole lot of their other albums or have like a real emotional relationship. I'll just say, I'll just note that like Tony Sly, the lead singer, is like actually off this whole album or um list rather of bands he's actually one of the only guys i'm aware of who's who's died he died young like you know in yeah. his, i think mid 40s and that's i remember that i remember seeing a lot of tributes pouring from the other fat records guys when that happened so yep. that's that's sad yeah, it's really but sad they they have acquitted themselves well but i think Lagwagon is definitely yeah th- this is Lagwagon. that song is Lagwagon operating at the height of their powers yes exactly okay this is, we're getting, it's getting good here. Rancid V Social Distortion. Oh, wow. Here's Salvation from oh, Let's these, Go. These guys deserve each other. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Such a song. 
All right, but this is a great song too. Social D, I was wrong. I do not know what you're going to say, and I'm wow. excited to find out. Wow. What are you thinking, Ben? This is a oh, fucking tough one, dude. It is. This is hard. Oh, man. Uh, I just need to like talk a little bit. I can't decide yeah, right away. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk it out. This I is feel like I'm like toughest. picturing Lars Fredrickson of Rancid and and uh, Mike Ness of Social Distortion just like staring at each other like in a parking lot like about to have a fight <laughs> and just ab- yeah. there's just no question in my mind that absolutely neither of them would bat an eye or or back down like they are yeah. they are like these bands are like equal equal tough factor yeah let me let me throw out a possible just pure vibe i'm talking pure out. vibe like these guys are just these bands are like all about vibe more so more so social d or like more of their heft has to do with like their their aesthetic and their vibe but i mean Mm -hmm. they're also like they're kind of doing something different rancid like they're great songwriters but like you know like it's like that we're talking like those those dudes like i talked about 90 pound wuss but like rancid are like they are gutter punks they have like face tats (laughs) they have like aesthetically they are but they're they're a pop band basically but they're a pop band yeah yeah. they also have like this like reggae i mean they write great songs it's the perfect combo and they're just they're like that you know brilliant lightning in a bottle like these dudes are actual gutter punks with face tats and they're also actual like legit like i could go into a session with tom petty and write a fucking number one hit yeah. songwriter oh, yeah yeah mike it's Ness, incredible social distortion he's actually kind of got that like stand by me 50s vibe too mm-hmm. white light white heat white trash is that what this is off of yeah yep. this is off white yep. light white heat white trash it's kind of like this whole like greaser classic car SoCal, yeah. hard drinking, almost like uh, you know, prohibition era gangster vibe that he channels. Yeah. yeah. He's also like just covered in tats. They're yeah. like much less musically proficient. I feel like I'm talking myself into this. I feel more comfortable now. We've got to okay. go rancid. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm definitely not gonna fight you on that one. But that's a great social D song. It's a like, great I'm, song. I don't know. Ta- help really me. I'm good. not let's I'm just I'm saying where I'm leaning, but I'm not deciding okay. yet. You you okay. talk me through this a little bit. Tell me what you're thinking. So here's the simplest way I can say it. Social distortion does it's it's aesthetic, it's not purely visual. It is it is also auditory, but it is yes. an aesthetic take yeah. on on punk rock that is Americana tinged. Yes, totally. But the thing about Americana and punk rock is neither of them are complex musically. So that's not like a, it's not a difficult synthesis. It's just a very well done natural synthesis. It makes sense that Ring of Fire would work as a punk song, right? Like It's like someone got out of jail and while they were in jail, they'd read The Grapes of Wrath. And <laughs> they're like, I'm like a punk album now. Yeah, exactly. So- uh. It is that. But I think that what Rance is doing on a song like Salvation, it sounds like they are creating a new genre of punk. They have really broken something open. And that song's a good example of it. That is not just a very well done straight ahead punk song. There's like 
There's something some, weird going on. Some juju going and on there. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. So I, I'm with you. Uh, farewell, social distortion. Farewell. I love, I love you. Good job. You know. Okay. Next yeah, up. Okay. Craig's brother v descendants wow now craig's brother only has one album that qualifies in the 1990s so we're going apple we're going apple music dear charlotte from craig's brother That's Craig's brother. Now we have the descendants. And this is going to be interesting because this is a song from it's technically a 1990s album, 91, I think, maybe 92, Enjoy, called Get the Time. And it's a catchy song, but it is not a great recording. Descendants getting kind of skewered, uh, hoisted on their own petard, their early 90s stuff. So I don't know. That gives Craig's brother an opening. It does. I mean, I'm not enthused to be moving either of those songs on, if I'm honest. Yeah. Hmm. I think if I have to choose between those two, I'm, I'm going to go with Good Charlotte, Craig's brother. So here's what's hard about it, because I can hear Get the Time, like live versions of it. Like I can hear that in my mind. They've record it live and released it it's it's a really fun song it's got that kind of beach boys vibe it's it's a template for a lot of what other great descendant songs would sound like maybe not quite as there as some of them but i just don't it's just a bad recording man although the craig's brother recording is not fantastically good either i don't think i'm gonna i don't think i'm gonna have to veto you but you think craig's brother too i think i might no i might veto you because i want the descendants to keep going I think it, how subjective things have become. No. Well, do you think I'm breaking the rules there? Come on. The only rules are that we have a good time. <laughs> I'm not breaking that one. I think I'm two, not breaking that one. I think we might break that one if we continue to belabor the point, though. All right. So the descendants are going to go forward. <laughs> That's my. Oh, no. I can't veto you. I already <sighs> used my veto this round. The rules bite me in the ass. What was the veto? Who did you you veto? I vetoed uh, Blink One Eight Two and AFI. I oh, sent that's Blink. Right. On. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Here we go. Dan is a man of integrity. Green Day v Alkaline Trio. Here is Nice Guys Finish Last from Nimrod. David and Goliath. Nice guys finish last when you run out of gas. So pat yourself on the back, you might break your spine Living on command, you're shaking lots of hands You're kissing up and bleeding all your trust Taking what you need, fight the hell that fits You lose your memory and you got your shame Big radio hit, still quite good And here is 
Alkaline Trio with Bleeder from the self-titled album. What do you think? Green Day. That one is fairly straightforward. That's an incredible Green Day song. And it's just a lackluster Alkaline Trio track. Yeah. They get better. I mean, there's some great stuff in the 2000s, but that doesn't count here. So I just think they're a great band. I like stuff from a lot of their career. Really nice dudes. Okay. Good riddance. Santa Cruz's own. Up against no effects. It's going to be tough. So here's wow. Last Believer by Good Riddance. Well, what do you think, Ben? Oh, wait. We've only heard. <laughs> Here's the no effects song. <laughs> Sorry. Where are the stupid people from? And how they get to be so dumb? Red on purple mountain range. Feed ever waves of brains to lesser human beings. Zero feelings. no chorus in that song the decline just kind of got to pick apart and play that part of it it's a 18 minute single track what do you think ben i feel like you should like make your case because yeah here's the thing you're now you you have no bullets left in your I gun don't. So. i can't veto you so whatever you say goes but uh the decline is like look if we're facing off song against song this is their second song and that song is insane i mean like it has so many good parts to it it's got some stuff that's a little fluffy but like they are at the height of their powers on the decline in terms of like a little a little more expansive sonically it's on all cylinders and that good riddance track is cool none of my favorite songs have come up as fan favorites or whatever so i just think it's i think it's kind of easy for no effects personally oh wow Hey, you know, if you if you want to advance good riddance, that's cool. But like, I, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. I think it's pretty easy call here, Ben. You can <laughs> do whatever you got to do. Oh man, hey, I don't do what you got to do. It's fine. Yeah, it's tough. It's actually I don't love being the arbiter. Like, oh, um, you don't like having the having that responsibility. Yeah. If you'd like to punt it, I'll I'll choose for you this time. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I love good riddance so much, and I I like that track uh, that's my favorite album of theirs comprehensive guide to modern rebellion it's just like when i listen to those two tracks i'm just like no effects is just like a machine of yeah yeah punk power yeah at least in terms of like what appeals to me and i'm gonna be comfortable in my own skin and say that 
this does not I'm going to advance no effects and say that it does not diminish in any way my love for good riddance. I love that. Okay, we're in the elite 8. Face to face versus slick shoes. Here's AOK from Big Choice by Face to Face. All right, that was A-OK by Face to Face. And here by Slick Shoes is East on Tracks. interesting like uh arrangement to that song yeah. um of parts what are you thinking i'm thinking slick shoes you are yep you're like daring <laughs> me. that was that was you're the greatest daring like, me huh that was, the, that was the greatest like disappointed <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking slick shoes. you are <laughs> yeah yeah i'm a little disappointed i don't know if i'm willing to fight you on it though i guess you i might want to think that's I, fine I think I might hey, you know use what? it. Do what you got to do, Dan. I do. What but look you, me in the face do it on Zoom and <laughs> tell will. me that you think that 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 AOK is a better song. Not that you, not that you like face to face better. No, no, no. The song to song versus song. Yeah, that Slick Shoe song. I love the riff, but like vocally, it's not that great. Melodically, it's not that great. It's really all about the guitar work, and so AOK does stick with me better. I can, I can look you in the eye and say that okay i think it's better but song. what are you gonna do i'm i'm using it i'm using the uh wow. using the old veto right away wow okay dude. so we gotta send Wish the off in, in style what do you what do you what are your memories what do you want to say it was just like surprised that they would really settle for some of those vocal melodies for the simplicity of them hmm. and and re- repetition and i think that he kind of got a, a rap as a singer for being a kind of a boring singer but i think jackson wrote yeah. those melodies and that's interesting and then jackson's guitar work really like a full head above most guitar players for most of the big secular punk bands like he was just phenomenal and it really shone through the band showcased him i think really cleverly i have a lot of love for slick shoes yeah yeah it's funny, like there's a lot of there's, a, there's like a fair number of these bands where it's like, I feel like the Achilles heel of the band was the singer's voice and delivery. He always seemed a little flat and yeah, and he was off. really young too. To me, that's the other thing I was gonna say. It's like I I actually think that when they started, I think some of those guys were like even five, six, seven years older than him, and he was yeah. like fourteen when they put yeah. out their first EP, something yeah. like that. So I think that's right. Kind of an amazing dynamic in that way. Yeah. I mean, you know, Burnout and Rusty, I, I wore those records out. I listened to them a ton. Good band. Not worthy of uh, of winning at all. So they had to die at some point. They had to die at some point. Okay. 
Blink-182 versus Lagwagon. Here we go. This is All the Small Things from Enema of the State. I could see this coming to bite me in the ass, but we're going to see what happens. We're going to find out in a minute. Here's the lag wagon, but this is where the multiple albums can bite you. This is from Trashed. It's called Know It All. It is a very highly listened to song. Wow, I Gosh. do not like that song at all. <laughs> that is like kind of How a do you really, really feel? annoying bad song. And I love yeah. Lagwagon. That's really disappointing. It's too bad. I got to go blank. Yeah, I do, it's, you got to, right? Got to. Well, what do we need to say about Lagwagon, man? Let's, let's eulogize them a little bit. Let's eulogize them. My best friend in those years um, was a guy named Joe Rupert, and he was a down for life, dedicated Lagwagon fan. And he had like all the albums and that's, that's who I would listen to them with and like who introduced me to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I have like, yeah, very distinct primal memories of being in his little uh, bedroom at the house his parents had behind or just down the street from uh, Santa Cruz high school listening to uh, let's talk about feelings that Which record. I, don't if, oh. I don't know if you'd call that their breakout album, but it was just like, in my opinion, their their best. Yeah, it's album. just their peak. Yeah, it was them at their peak, and there was I don't how to talk about it in this in the sort of context or spectrum of these other bands. It's like they weren't the fastest band, they weren't even like the most creative, but they just they were fun and they were. It's funny. It's like I listen to a song like that, and I'm reminded of how like kind of most of the stuff before. Let's talk about feelings. I actually listened to it and I'm just like, it's not that good. Like Haas, Double Platinum, Trashed. There's some pretty good stuff on Double Platinum. There's good songs, but it's like the production value is terrible. The guitar sound is awful. Super bass heavy on Double Platinum. Very interesting. I don't know. It's just like that. I just love that album. Like I listen to that album still. Let's talk about feelings. Yeah, me too. And they have like an entire album of outtakes called Let's Talk About Leftovers that's from that album. And a bunch of those are really good songs. I know. And it's like, did they didn't even make that. Uh, oh, Unbelievable. Dude, feedback of Truck Stop Poetry you know what? Let's, is let's, one of the. No, we're no, going to play it. that. No. Can I request. Oh. You can play it now. Can I just. Yeah. Let me request right now that before we go to the finals, can we have, uh, can we have a brief but emotionally meaningful uh, zombie Viking funeral round where we just play one song. We each get to play one song from band that we're sad, didn't make it or that we love. Oh yeah. I love that. Okay. Okay, Let's do it. But, but go ahead, play, play something you love by Lagwagon. Dude, I love this song. This is a fucking awesome song. It's so good. And all our enemies, well, there's no time for you to know them. And you forget my disease, but... 
Now I know. Now I can say what, what one of the things song. was about Lagwagon. They were one of the bands we haven't talked at all about, like technical aspects of this. But like as dudes who both like played punk, there's like a few moves or things you do, specifically in terms of like the guitar. One is like muted power chords. Sometimes right. people call that cuffing or whatever. And then there's like octaves or bar chords, and it's like they are one of the bands with two guitar players who I think best utilized a like really really cool almost like classical like bach influenced interesting like uh counterpoint between the two guitars and they weren't playing like complicated stuff it's not like they were playing like single you know crazy solos or or like complicated stuff but it's like just the it was just a pure exercise in melody and i'm gonna i'll do this simple thing you go like three steps down and do like a slightly different thing rhythmically but like it was just like executed and 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 pulled off in a way that worked in a way that like most other bands couldn't quite do yeah oh i mean super literary literate band Mm -hmm. uh joey 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 just a very interesting lyricist very distinct vocals one of my favorite punk drummers dave just so fast and and yet emotional has like a, a a feel to him he's not just all technicality let's talk about feelings one of the best punk records ever made i'm not entirely sure why but they gave me like this like brotherhood vibe even like a little bit more than some other mm. bands i don't know if it's because there's five guys and they really didn't have like any turnover they were just like yeah they still tour it's like these five yeah. dudes have yeah. been in a van together for like 30 years and if you yeah. look at photographs they have one of the all-time amazing uh, height, differentials. height differentials where it's yep. like the guitar player is like six eight and joey Cape yeah. is like five foot seven <laughs> yeah it's incredible uh, way to go guys we're gonna miss you okay next up rancid v craig's brother oh my word here's blood clot from life won't it's time Wait. for the nazi germany polish blitzkrieg <laughs> You listen to the record Do you feel the same? Hell, it don't get any better Going backwards again Sweat your fist, wet stitches in the face Fuck up like me, I just saw it out with grace Never been like them within society Life protects me, feeling the banality Now my guns are blazing Blood clot, I can see where the sex The craft of it. Okay, here's Craig's brother, Homecoming, from the album Homecoming. Making the like emoji with the fate with the mouth all spread out wide, like, Ugh. 
I know that's a good Craig's brother song, and that's a uh, I feel a uh, uh, relatively unmoved by that rancid song. No, really? Yeah, you're doing oh, uh, you're gosh. doing the oh, oh fascinating. You're doing the uh face because you think that's a stupid Craig's brother song. I mean, I think it's like yeah, I don't know sixth or seventh on that record for me, and then Blood Clot is like a perfect, a perfectly composed punk rock anthem. It's it's eh. like expert. Eh. And I love Lars's voice, but I've already used my uh I know. I've used it. So if you want to I think that the I think the listener is the let's hear from you guys if you if Ben goes Craig's brother and you disagree, I would love to hear. I'd love to see some support. Wow, is that sort of uh, a bullying like bullying is I am like intimidate it's intimidation. You're going to dox me, Dan? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but what are you going to do? It's it's up to you. I don't have a say here. After having said all that, I was very Trumpy of you, Dan. Ugh, I, I that's think the worst. Gotta, okay, that's the worst well, accusation a person yeah, could ever make about Dan Coke. <laughs> Thanks for that. Trumpy uh, folds his arms, calmly sinks back into his chair, and says, "But you do whatever you want, Dan." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we got to move forward. You know what part of the part of the dynamic is? And it's like only sunk in as we've gotten farther in. It's like there's only you know that there's only 90s material available. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the only Craig's brother record we're going to be hearing from. We got to go rancid. Thank you for not making me drown, my darlings. All right. Thank me. Thank me for not making me send a mob to your house. Ben. <laughs> Let's OK. Craig's brother were. They were literally in your backyard. I mean, yeah. for me, they felt like local. It's a 30 minute drive, you know? And yeah. that record, it grew on me so imperceptibly at first and, and kind of slowly. And it just stuck in there. And then one day I found myself going, I'd rather listen to this than like any no effects record than any, like then it just had grown so much in my estimation and my love over, I don't know, maybe a six month period or something like that. And I remember being really surprised by that because it's not a great recording. Ted's voice is very much something you have to get accustomed to. I just remember going, wow, there's something going on here. Really, it's Andy and Adam's guitar work and it's Ted's lyrics. Those are the things I think that set it apart. But it was really fun to fall in love with that record really deeply and and kind of surprisingly. I have personal relationships, you know, acquaintances at this yeah. point, but I know Adam Nye and really, I just really like him, respect him. He's someone I would consider a buddy, even though we don't talk that often. I took, I want to say I took a few guitar lessons from, from Andy. Andy was, Andy Snyder was an amazing guitarist. You know what I'm having? Like, I'm, I feel like I'm having a weird moment right now where it's like, we didn't put Too Bad Eugene on this list. I had thought we had. Didn't come out until 2000. Oh, okay. So they were in yeah. another band after Craig's brother. The two guitarists, Andy and Adam, yeah. were in a band with Adam's brother called Too Bad Eugene that was really great and in some ways heavily influenced by the Descendants. But anyway, it's the album... Like I was, so I was like seeing this band regularly, seeing Craig's brother and like my two, two of my high school youth group leaders were in the band before this album, like, and aren't on this album, Brent Capping. Anyway, lots of personal connections and memories, but it's the album after this one that I really love, Lost at Sea. Um, 
and I think that I forget the guy's name, but the guy who they just had one guitarist at that point, and it was the guy who then went on to be in Yellow Card. But um, right, that he, has amazing, yeah. uh, just amazing songwriting. So I love Craig's brother. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Okay, now we got some big dogs in the room together. The big dogs are gonna come out and play. Green Day v No Effects. Here's Jaded from Insomniac. Only one can survive. <laughs> So we got to use all the Green Day albums because they got a bunch of 90s albums. Here's no effects. It's my job to keep punk rock elite from so long. And thanks for all the shoes. Woo. What do you think, Ben? That one doesn't actually feel all that close to me. I'm, I feel like NoFX is the clear winner in that matchup. You know, I think that they are. I think they're the winner. I think that Green Day, Insomniac's a weird record. It's got a few really great songs on it. My favorite is called No Pride. It's not a single. But some of the singles are weird. Brain Stew, Geek Stink Breath. I mean, Jaded is a cool song. It's not Green Day at their cleverest catchiest it's just like a stocky working man's punk song you know and it gets the job done but no effects is firing on all cylinders here wow green day we're not gonna hear welcome to paradise which would have been we're not next. gonna hear yeah. yeah anything else off dookie i mean what can you say extremely influential yep extremely like snotty but also like they're, they're sort of like a counterpoint to rancid where it's like he's almost billy joe is almost like blanket on the guy's name johnny rotten from the sex pistols he's right. like a milder version of that but just like they can actually write really great pop songs yeah yeah he's i mean he's absolutely stunning punk rock frontman and songwriter i don't know what else to say about them you don't really need to say anything and that's kind of the that's the thing compliment. you don't need to say anything about green day all right we're down to the final four as a reminder i have one remaining veto of the the, the next three matches you get one i veto. can veto one of three if i want to Okay, who are you? What are, what are you surprised that made it in here? Yeah, looking at the, the final, final four, four is face, face to face, face Blink One Eighty Two, Rancid, and No Effects. That's a pretty reasonable. I think face to face is the most surprising the of the four. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like face to face. I would have out of that out of that uh, quadrant. I would have probably guessed just between you and me, it would have been MXPX. MXPX. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, face to face are strung out, but like I think Bad MXPX. Religion got hamstrung by their fans. So did MXPX. I mean, MXPX. Yeah. come on. But best, but Bad Religion in round one. So like they could have gone the distance if you got past American Jesus. Yeah, MXPX got got taken down by a chick magnet. Good I think grief. that's the most surprising. I think Blink is not surprising. No, Rancid not at all surprising. I might have put them at the number one seed 
Uh, and no effects, definitely not surprising. I like that it came down to no effects in Green Day. That feels like fairly evenly matched. Green Day, yeah. obviously with more sales, but kind of from the world we came from, no effects just kind of being that's the name. That's like a, a certain kind of standard, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Face to okay, face. Okay, here we go. Face to face. What do we got? We're getting. What do they got left in the chamber? I won't lie down from face to face self titled album. I know you used to be there. Did anybody care at all? And everyone can't be right. But everyone will decide. I'm not afraid of the price I pay. I won't lie down as you walk away. I'm not afraid of the price I pay. Ooh, that's a chorus, man. That is a chorus. But coming up against a successful single, Josie from Dude Ranch. Blink-182 maybe not helped by the arbitrary cutoff date of 1999, you know, because they continue to do great stuff in the coming oh, records. Yeah. So they we just got those two. So if they get knocked out, that's probably why, that we don't have the later stuff to pull from. Good face-to-face song. Great chorus, I think. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Man, it, you know, just between those two tracks, I, I'd probably give it to face-to-face. I can't believe it. They're going to the championship going to the finals. That's a, that Holy is a big crap. underdog story. All right. What do we say about Blink-182? I, I never had like a, a, an intense emotional relationship with Blink. I just respect their artistry. I, I did have like a, a sort of like brief, <laughs> it's to some extent still, still extant, like fascination with Travis Barker. That is yeah. a guy who's just like kind of a, chameleon he's like really really embraced celebrities slash reality tv culture like long before what's going on now with i think he's married to kardashian but like he had a whole like meet the barkers reality show that i watched a bit he was married to like a playboy model he's a great drummer seems like he a really like, nice guy he's just like he's done all this other stuff he's like done that did that huge single with will smith's daughter meet me at our spot yeah um he's, he's done, a big I mean, he's producer like a ton of yeah. artists he seems like a guy who's like who's actually not phoning it in. He's like, no, I'm going to keep like, I'm going to like produce records now. And I'm going to like oh, work yeah. with all these artists. And so I, I have no idea, but I just didn't, they, they were actually like, yeah, at least at my high school in Santa Cruz, California, they were like, they were in, in, you know, kind of like the offspring. They were just everywhere. They were like, just like part of the, part of the bricks and the walls. It was like, everybody listened to Blink-182. So. Yeah. I think that um, my relationship with them got going pretty strong with Dude Ranch. Like I loved Dude Ranch. That was, it might've been my, it was probably my favorite record for like at least three or four months of my high school years. And, but then I actually was not as into Enema of the State, even as they were blowing up. I don't know. It was like, didn't have that emo tinge to it. But then like, as time went on, I just recognized their absolute mastery. And 
I think that uh, the last three records that they've done with John Feldman, uh, I think they've done all three of them with him. Maybe not all three, but with Matt Skiba in the band writing and singing a lot, like those records are really good. There's there are songs I absolutely love on all three of those albums. I think they I think they're better now than they were in the later Tom DeLonge period. So this era Blink, yeah, it makes sense that they would go long term in my life. Like they might, you know, they might win the 2000s punk band bracket for instance if if I did that. If we did Man, that. I, I'm tempted. I don't I don't. You know, so know. that would be so fun out. to do that one. Yeah, dude, <laughs> but why that's not? not that's not tonight. Let's see what people think about this one. We are uh, unedited face. version we're at the two hour and 50 minute mark here but that's with breaks and stuff so it's not that long for listeners face to face goes go. on rancid no fx this is just a knockdown drag out heavyweight holyfield tyson it's holyfield tyson here's time mom Then you better come in It's just a ability that reason that we're so thin There's been men dying and the stories that are true Secret to a collapse, knowing you're through Black coat, white shoes, black hat, Cadillac, yeah The boys are time bomb Black coat, white shoes, black hat, Cadillac, yeah The boys are time bomb uh, Technically a ska song That's Is that so a funny. problem? I was, thinking, I was like, I mean, we had ruled out ska and there it is no, that's not a problem. It's not a problem because it's They're still like Scott, it's man. their next big song, and yeah, okay. And so that's "Time Bomb" that's by Rancid. Great song. Here's "Don't Call Me White." No effects. Punk and Drublick. Interesting, you know, vibrations in 2022 with that song lyrically. Good song. What do you think? Pound for pound, that kind of feels like the best matchup. Like, okay, like that's a good matchup. Is, there's, so, there's so much that's like random about this model that we're using, or it's mm -hmm. like you know we're deferring to like these algorithms and play counts and stuff, and it's like that. Those are two great bands with two like fair representative songs. Yeah, good songs. Yeah, yeah. So that is a tough one. It's actually, I, I feel a clear sense, though, that I would give that one to Rancid. Same. Rancid goes on. So I don't know how much I'm going to be talking about no effects like on the show, but you know, I was friends with Fat Mike, and um, so there might be some stories there, and I don't know which ones will get told. They, I remember saying at one point in high school that they were my favorite band, and they held that spot for a while. It was pretty surreal to become friends with Mike, yeah, I can imagine. Because they had been really high up there for me. I don't know. I don't know that I like looked up to him the same way as maybe some other musicians more holistically, but just like as a badass punk band, they just killed it. They were so tight and so good and clever, and I loved them. And so, yeah, it makes sense that they held that mantle for a good a good while. Uh, they were another. They were actually another band. Probably the other band besides Lagwagon that my buddy Joe, who I spent, you know, 
countless hundreds of hours with and was so into punk like me was like he was just like so into them i remember listening to linoleum like on on the bus on the cd walkman like on the church retreat and like there was something i haven't even talked about this yet at all but like for a lot of these bands some of them more so than others like afi no effects there was this like times like furtive almost like guilty aspect to listening to them because they were like not only like not overtly christian bands they were like very obviously like sort of like irreligious or Mm anti-religious you know foul-mouthed like this is a time in my life when it was like i didn't swear and i didn't uh yeah it's just it was there was always like i think in the back of my mind kind of like a something verboten about listening to no effects you said tight. We haven't even used that term that much, but that's like a classic yeah. term that we would use to like evaluate these bands. Yeah. Oh, they were so tight. Like these guys were fucking tight. I mean, they were just, <laughs> people probably even don't yeah. even, even still know what I mean. Like we don't mean tight, like the lame, like nineties term of like, that's cool. Like, oh, that's tight. No, no I no, mean no, like no. musically like tight, like stopping on a dime and yeah. starting again at 90 miles an hour and just, Never missing a note. I not mean, as Mike good was live. singing and not playing the bass. Okay, that's interesting to hear because I actually yeah. never saw them live. A little bit sloppy live. But yeah. like if you song, listen to a song like All of Me, like the bass lines, like he just, they were great. Yeah, great band. No effects. Way to go. Okay, we are at the finals here. It is face to face. I'm shocked. Face to face. The Rancid. Uh, here's You've Done Nothing from Don't Turn Away. Maybe not quite as deep of a discography as we might hope, uh, but decent song. Mike Dan likes to really splash the pot before the I, decision gets made. He's I like, "Wow, this is it. this is not even going to be close." But okay, let's go ahead and listen to the songs. Well, here's "Radio" by Rancid. Well, Ben, here we are. I have two distinctive sporting memories that come to mind right now. One is watching... You got to um, hold us in suspension. Okay. That Super Bowl from like six or seven years ago, uh, Seahawks-Broncos, final score was like 50 to three or something. Yeah. And then uh, World Cup 2014, uh, Brazil-Germany. Germany scores seven goals on <laughs> Brazil. The Brazilian team is like, you know not sure whether to weep or cry or like do that thing where they fall on the ground on their knees and the like half the team is like charismatic <laughs> Pentecostals and they're just like praying and weeping. It's not that it's not, it's, it's not, not, the, quite it's, not a, that. it's not a massacre, but like, this is no contest. Thank you. Thank you. This for is no that. contest. Yep. Face to face. You guys way outperformed the Vegas way odds. Outperformed. Hey, you got, you guys should be proud of yourselves. Yeah. 
Um, but it's rancid. rancid. It's got to be rancid. It's got to be rancid. Wow. Okay, I think we've talked a lot about face to face. I don't have anything else to say. I don't. Even, I don't have anything else to say. Rancid. Let's just let's you. They didn't go out, but let's just talk a little bit about our relationship with Rancid. So, in, in praise of Rancid, I I think I got into them on. I don't know. It might have been Let's Go, like those songs, Radio Salvation, Tenderloin. Rancid was like a known quantity. I guess I got into them probably through Time Bomb on the radio, but then uh, went back. Um, and it was easy to like get into the other stuff. It wasn't like a, a band you really had to seek out in the Bay Area. You could get into Rancid. You'd find people wearing their stuff all over town all yeah. the time. you know. And I think that I've sort of taken them for granted. I think I've sort of associated them with, I don't know, maybe some aspect of the uncool high schooler I was as mm. being kind of uncool. I mean, I forgot to bring this up at the beginning, but there's this shameful memory where, where I kind of mocked you for listening to strung out in your car one day, like in our twenties. And mm. I, I like was not going back to that stuff at that time. And just, it felt like, Oh, I'm not supposed to be there. What a dumb elitist thing to think like, Oh, spoon and death cab are like really, is a really a better life or some some shit, but like <laughs> spoon. Yeah, so I think I've taken rancid for granted, but I do. Th- I I like might say I might put them in the conversation for among the great '90s rock bands. Like, I mean, really, uh, '90s 2000s rock bands. I mean, I think that they're underrated. Rancid is a band that I never had any like real relationship with. Every time I would hear their songs. It's 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 mostly like an outcome of the wolves. Like anytime I would yeah. hear those songs, Ruby Soho, Time Bomb, Roots Radical, yeah. Roots Radical, oh, Olympia Washington, Is that the one with like yeah. the bass solo. Because they weren't, they didn't play super fast. They just weren't as cool, or they weren't. I didn't have that connection. Like I never had that connection to the like. They they seem like a true bridge between something in the way that whoever we were referencing is as having like feeling like they were like listening to those British punk bands that I certainly had no connection to. Like, yeah. These guys, I don't even yeah. know exactly what the connection is. Like maybe some like actual understanding of like, you know, second wave ska or Jamaica or some reggae Jamaica, or something like Jamaica is big. Yeah. That I didn't have a relationship with, but, but they were clearly like sort of like credibly channeling. They're our clash, basically. Yes, that's a great, that is a great reference point. And I'm sure that Tim loves the clash. I mean, they're our clash. They followed them in a lot of different ways. The the big double album, Life Won't Wait, with like the sonic sort of departures and stuff, and then returning back to the fast punk of the self-titled, you know, that Life Life Won't Wait is like Sandinista when when the clash did that, and they kind of reined it back in with Combat Rock. Like, it's just even down to that sort of roller coaster ride they are the clash i or i gave her a little riff like about just pure vibe or whatever when in the in whatever that was second round where they faced off with um social distortion yeah and it's like one of those bands rancid's one of those bands where like i just do not want to see how the sausage is made like interpersonally like i do not want to know what's going on in terms yeah. of like I'm sure they were like in the studio and people, I'm sure that they like acquiesced to certain like people wanting them to make more popular stuff or, but, but right. somehow they, they did manage to like, they somehow walked that lucky impossible swaggering line between seeming like, just like so legit in a street cred yeah, sense. But huge. And then, and then, and then like just 
I don't know if they lucked into it or just made really good decisions, but like the, just the production value is just un it's unrealistic to expect that it would have been that high, but those records sound so good. Yeah. And the songwriting is so good. Oh, Rancid, we love you so much. They just feel like, you know, they feel like there's a handful of bands that would have been worthy champions and they're very worthy champions. Yeah, I agree. Okay, man, give me, give me a song. Take a minute if you need to think, maybe just go with what comes to mind. But like, what's a, what's a song that you're just like, this is the song that I, I wish we, we could have listened to because this is where my heart was in 1997. And I love this freaking song. I actually, I want to play another track from Alkaline Trio's God Damn It album it's just not as well known and because it's before they kind of succeeded as pop punkers you know this like dark pop punk thing that they did right like robert smith does pop punk or or whatever and this record is is cool and weird it's with their old drummer and it's like rougher this track clavicle is so cool i want to wake up naked next to you kissing the curb in your Just an interesting record. Yeah. Uh, so for like such ferocity to it. I don't know. I like it. And so I don't think I made the connection, but is that the guy who went on to be, to join Blink-182? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Matt Skiba. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. He's had quite a career. Wow. What do you got? That's, I think that's the only song yeah. Yeah. that I wanted to hear. Play Token Idiot by good riddance off it's towards the end of a comprehensive guide That's a good song. I like that. Yeah. That album, that album is probably up there with life in general for like, wow. My two favorite punk records. Oh, you know what? We should talk about MXPX because they, they really did go quite early. They went so early. And I mean, for our number one seed, let's pour one out for MXPX. Seriously. Let's go back to life in general. Life in general is just like, what do you want to hear from life in general? Let's listen to a little something. I mean, like, it just starts so strong. I mean, like, middle name, my mom still cleans my room. Yeah. Uh, the first, like, four or five tracks, like, yeah. three, I remember, you know, Move to Bremerton is, like, a cool single. I mean, really, I it's the first like nine the only, tracks. <laughs> the only weak link is honestly almost, like, Chick Magnet is, like, the by far the weakest link. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick one song, though, that I loved and sort of, like, cherished off that record, it'd probably be Doing Time. Let's do it. Mm. 
the line "Do what I want to be" always bugs me. <laughs> it's like to do what I want to be. It's it's like it's is it trying to be clever? I think it's trying to be clever, but it's just like actually just being lazy. Like found a just kind of dumb. You know, it's just like they didn't want to change it or whatever. Play like uh, play like a great middle song. name or my mom still cleans my room. Here's what I'm looking at the bracket. If MXPX had not had Chick Magnet come up against Face to Face, they roll Face to Face easily, which is a great song. If they beat them, then they definitely beat Slick Shoes. Yep. And they go up against Josie, right? Against Blink 182. So they would have had a fighting chance for sure. Fighting chance for certainly the final four and maybe up against Rancid. Um, And then who knows? You know, you get to the general election, anything anything can happen. happen. Exactly. Any wow, final? That was, fun. Uh, that was so good. Any any final so fun. thoughts or reflections? Uh, my only reflection is like, wow, it would be it would really be fun to do the two thousands. Ben Bishop, thanks for inviting thank you me, so man. much. Uh, people can find you on the Faith and Letters podcast. Yeah, they want to listen to you. We have been at the microphone for three hours and ten minutes. We'll see what it edits down to. Uh, but what a marathon night! I gotta get some sleep. Rock out, Dan. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and share it with a friend that you think might also like it. Maybe someone who also loves these 90s punk bands. And I believe that we'll be back next week with part one of a (laughs) hilarious and I think informative walkthrough of the career of Justin Vernon, also known as Bon Iver. So look forward to that one. Thanks for listening.